He's kind of like the Joe Rogan of the hospitality industry right now. All right, Slick Talkers, I'm back. And do I have an episode for you? Get ready because this is the first official recorded episode for Slick Talk, the hospitality podcast of 2024. So buckle up. You're listening to Slick Talk, the hospitality podcast, a podcast for those who are in and around the hospitality industry who love, live, and breathe what they do. You can join us for candid and unscripted conversations with hospitality experts and founders as we go deeper into their personal stories while they're sharing their triumphs and trials that got them to where they are today. I'm your host, Will Slickers, and you're listening to an episode of Slick Talk, the hospitality podcast. Now, let's begin. All right, everybody, welcome back to the pod. And I'm so excited for this to be the first episode to start 2024 with you all on Slick Talk, the hospitality podcast. Now, normally I do interview episodes, but I figured to start off the new year, I wanted to have kind of an intimate episode with all of you who listen to thousands and thousands, tens of thousands of you that listen every month. Last year was kind of crazy, not going to lie. As an entrepreneur and as a person in hospitality from whatever sector you want to clarify, you know, yourself or even me, it was a crazy year. 2023 was brutal. I know there was a much, much needed break. I got to spend some time with my family over the holidays and I can't tell you how refreshed, maybe refresh isn't the right word, but I can't tell you how much better I felt coming back into the swing of things and my normal routine here at home in Denver that it just felt so amazing to have that time off. So I wanted to start and be a little bit intentional with all of you who listen and choose this podcast to be the podcast that you listen to every week. And not to not to lie, like this evolution of the show and Hospitality FM as a podcast network has been wild, as I just stated. But I'm so excited because I, I think we're in a year of of really watching the quality of of products, right? For vacation rental, hotel tech vendors, all of us are looking at what is our product? How good is the quality? You know, there's a, there's a certain point of growth that you can hit until you have to really just focus on honing in the product more. And I think I'm trying to do that more with this podcast. And so to get into this episode and to not spoil everything, I reached out to a bunch of our loyal listeners right before coming back into the swing of things. So that was like the only real work that I did on my vacation and my time off during the holidays was I reached out to a bunch of dedicated listeners who I know engage with the content on a weekly basis, if not almost every week. And I wanted to get their feedback on topics and questions and do kind of a Q&A slash topic driven episode where it's just me talking to you guys. So I have a list of questions from a bunch of listeners and we're not going to do all of them. I think there's about seven of them here that I thought were really well written and well positioned to kind of feed into other themes that we've had on the show over the last course of the last 12 months. So if you guys are into it, let's begin. Hey, Slick Talkers, sorry to interrupt this podcast so quickly into the episode, but as you know, this is the first time solo episode in a long time. And so I want to tell you about one of our partners at Minutes. If you haven't heard of Minute, they're an amazing sound and smoke detection device that you can place in your short-term rental and hotel and be able to understand whether there's a party happening, 
amount of guests that shouldn't be there or any smoking that could be happening inside your property or home. It's really important. I don't think I could pretty much preach them enough. We use them not only in all of our homes, but I've helped other operators all over the country install these and get set up on minute because it's so crucial to have eyes and ears inside and making sure that you are 100% protecting the asset that you are stewarding over, which we're going to talk about in this episode. Now, when I say eyes and ears, Minute is 100% privacy safe, so you don't have to worry about them listening into your guests or spying on people in their bedrooms, but literally they just measure decibel levels in order to make sure that the decibel level threshold doesn't exceed what it should be inside of a normal home. And they actually educate you too. Hey, when you're inside of a home or a stadium or whatever the scenario might be, this is an average decimal level rating. Make sure that you set it to this so that way we have an accurate understanding of what's going on inside the property. Super, super great team at Minute. And I can't speak highly enough about them. I've had Nils, who is one of the co-founders on the podcast, and I get to see the team at almost every conference. And I can't be more thankful for them partnering with this pod. And of course, if you've heard other episodes, we've done a Minute with Minute with Nathan Smith on the team, and those have been really fun to make. So make sure you check out those Minute with Minute segments and learn a little bit about their product and their team. And we are back to the episode. All right. So question number one slash topic number one, because we're going to talk about some of these a little bit more in depth than most. So this is from Alina out in Dubai. So Alina follows the podcast on LinkedIn, and she said, as an entrepreneur in the hospitality sector, I'm keen on exploring innovative business models. Could you discuss emerging trends in the business models for short-term rentals and hotels and how they're shaping the future of the industry? So I think it's a great question because I think there has been a lot of business model restructure or structuring in the last year. You know, some old business models were great pre-COVID, all this other stuff. But now we're seeing a lot of trends, at least in specifically in the short-term rental sector. I'll touch on the hotel one here shortly. But in the short-term rental area, I think a business model trend I'm starting to see more and more are these real estate investment funds and managing operation companies partnering together or becoming one. So separating the two being an opco propco. And so the property co is the one that is the capital, right? They deploy the money into a real estate investment from either, let's say, a single family home to a multifamily building, or as you can see, some people like Ben Wolf with Onera, who's also on the podcast next week, while well, recording on the podcast next week, his episode will be out in a couple of weeks. But long story short, you're going to hear these models of these operation companies and these real estate companies that are separated into two to protect each other. And there's a lot of different things you can do. But then they really do benefit each other because you're going to have, you know, this operation business or arm not really having to struggle to fight for the money. It's going to be a proper investment. The, the attention to detail in the build out of these unique destination and u- unique stays is going to be really, really important for this operating company. So I think this business model is really important to watch and to keep an eye on. We've had a couple guests on the show and we're going to have more in the future that talk about this type of structure. It's not something I am the most knowledgeable on in the sense of I don't operate a REIT. I've never been a part of one. I've known a lot of people in them, but I just, again, I don't live in that world of the investment side. I definitely live in the operation world of short-term rentals and a destination. So that for me 
I get excited because not only are you going to, you know, have this backing, but you're also going to have properties that are great and you're going to have really good, keen, understand, understandable metrics for your operations, which is going to make it really, really crucial, especially as everyone needs to be super financially uh, disciplined in 2024. So I'm really excited for this model. And to kind of go back, there was an episode a while ago with Chris Osaka with Tomu. And I think this fractional kind of like easy entry level barrier for hoteliers or short-term operators, I'll call him a hospitality entrepreneur. Shout out to Zach Boozy Cruz, who, who really pushes this type of message. But I think companies like Tomu and, you know, how they are positioning themselves in the market coming from a, he, you know, Chris came from a Hilton background and experience. And to me, that's really exciting because he understands hospitality at the core of being inside the business, but being able to supply a really unique experience and a unique type of stay or property type to travelers is going to be really crucial. And again, financial discipline, all this stuff. When you are a hospitality professional and you're hungry to be in this industry, you'll do almost anything to get in. That doesn't matter if it means you know, co-hosting a short-term rental on an Airbnb platform or Verbo or et cetera, or putting a couple grand down and to have an actual fabricated home and place on a piece of land that you can actually put on platforms and operate and scale into a real brand. There's a lot of these popping up. You can go on Instagram. Instagram's a great spot. And I know a lot of you probably follow a lot of these pages, but there's a lot of inspiration that you can be, you know, picked out from these Instagram accounts of these people that just start with one home. And they just really start building into a scalable hospitality brand. So that makes me really excited. I think that's really sustainable. Venture capital this year, I, I think, you know, as we talk on Good Morning Hospitality, I think the ripple effect of the capital poured in in 2021, 2022 has caused this wave of startup deaths to ripple into the end of 2023 and this beginning of 2024. So I think the capital market is going to be really, really interesting. Private equity is going to have an upper hand right now. But again, investing in a model that isn't a Vacasa or isn't a Sonder is going to be really hard to find because, again, you still need to have scale. You still need to have profitability. You still need to have dialed in ops. So for me, these are just the things I'm looking at and paying attention to. All right. So number two is Andre in New York. Let's cover this one. So what are the key metrics and KPIs that successful hoteliers and short-term rental operators and entrepreneurs should focus on to gauge and drive their business growth effectively? Andre, great question. And as I mentioned just in this last one is that the financial discipline is going to be so, so crucial. Not over-hiring, hiring the right people for the right positions so that way you have lower turnover with your staff is going to be so important. Shout out to Steve Trover at Better Talent. No, they're not a sponsor of the show, but I love what they're building and I love Steve. And he is, again, going to be on the podcast here again in the next couple of weeks. So make sure you check that out. But I think the metrics and KPIs, you know, I was lucky enough to hear a PL call for an hour and a half in a car ride out to a, you know, operator's retreat. And it was really unique to hear this PL call because as they're going through line item by line item by line item, I was hearing things that I never even thought of that would be on a PL for a hospitality brand, especially in an urban operator. So I think just having these systems dialed in and having the ability to say no excuses every third Friday or first Monday of the month, 
we're going over these items. We're covering this PNL. You need to have your department dialed in. I think that's where, you know, I think a lot of hospitality brands, it can be so cash and labor intensive that sometimes we forget to pay attention to the numbers and track these things. I can only speak from experience, even with our management company, you know, we're not perfect, but every Monday and Friday we do a operation call. So Mondays are, all right, what's new in the business? How many homeowners are signing up? Where are we at with onboardings? Where are we at with revenue? Blah, blah, blah. blah. And then Fridays is our kind of, I, I guess I call them mad scientist sessions where it's free form Fridays on our calendar. And we just sit there and hit, Hey, I'm hearing this in the industry. I'm hearing that. What are you hearing? What do you try? Do we think this, can we play with that? Blah, blah, blah. And it's really a free flow, no agenda. So again, do as you wish with this information, but I think your financial discipline is going to be so important, especially if you're a venture capped or private equity, you know, driven business that you need to dial in those numbers and you need to make sure that you're able to survive the next six, eight, 12 months. We don't know when real capital is going to come in. And if you're bootstrapped and profitable, you need to be patting yourself on the back right now and ensure that you're saving up for proper investment. Are you making sure that your homeowners and your, your inventory, your product is at its best? Are you taking care of what you are being, you know, granted as a steward to look over and to protect and watch and then also be a moment maker? You know, these, these hospitality moments are going to be so much more crucial. And, you know, Andre, this is not, a KPI or a key metric that you can put on a PL, but your hospitality, your moment making moments are going to be so crucial that they're going to drive beyond a KPI or metric. They're going to have a greater impact than almost anything you can think of. That's my thesis. Something that Eric Moeller and I have talked about on the episode we did when kind of unpacking the unreasonable hospitality book. So that's my that's my two cents there. All right, third topic. We have Raj out in Singapore who, again, follows the page on LinkedIn. I had to go far and wide. I didn't want to just pick a bunch of listeners from the States or in the Northern America region. So wanted to reach out. And so Raj says, in your experience, what are the most significant challenges facing entrepreneurs in scaling their hospitality business, particularly when expanding from a local to international market? Now, this one really got me thinking, and I, I think... There's no perfect answer, right? But I think, you know, when you're looking at challenges and entrepreneurs alone, again, the markets of the last year, 2023, has been really, really hard. If anything, the COVIDpreneurs that took off during COVID were laid off and furloughed, you know, they went into entrepreneurship to say, screw this, I'm not going to depend on somebody else to make my decisions and to make my destiny. But the statistic is really sad that unfortunately over 50% of entrepreneurs that get in don't even make it through the first year. And then it's a greater chance that you don't even make it past the second. It's only once you get past the fifth year that you'll start to see if you're going to really succeed or not. And that could be true. And not everyone listening to this podcast is going to fit in that statistic. So if you're listening to this and thinking, well, that's bullshit. I don't think I've fit this. Then you probably are an outlier. I'm not going to lie. But we had so many COVIDpreneurs pop up that I think with this next year, this next focus of you know this industry being super dialed in on profitability and executing operations at a really reasonable level with hospitality sprinkled in and part of the business and not just being a lifestyle business, I think it's going to be the burnout, the burnout challenges. This industry is not easy. It's a 24-7 business. Whether you are an operator or a vendor, if you're a vendor and your tech goes down in the middle of the night while someone's trying to check in or whatever the case may be, 
that's on you. You're going to have to figure it out. You're going to have to have a team on standby. You're going to have to put that capital to use, whether it's human capital or actually real financial capital. You know, to answer the question, Raj, is going to be the significant challenges will be burnout. And then, of course, problem solving outside of our industry. How are we going to look at companies outside of the hospitality space and apply these lessons learned into our business? Because whether you're running a short-term rental ho- like company or a, a hotel or a restaurant, you have almost the same base layer, right? You have a tech stack, you have a team, you have a service, you have a product, whether that's food or short-term rental, a hotel room, whatever it may be, we are running a business. So this is going to be the most crucial thing is to not burn out, is to leverage culture and team. Again, right people in the right seats is going to be so important. I know so many people like me who took a break during the holidays and didn't understand how close to a breakdown or a burnout they were until they actually sat down and said, holy crap, I needed that. And, you know, that's super important. And I think the self-awareness piece in entrepreneurs is, is high. Like I know so many entrepreneurs are very self-aware until it comes to taking a break and looking out for themselves and, you know, doing more small things throughout their day, like going on a walk. And if you follow me on LinkedIn, you'll know I'm on this coffee walk trend where I'm going on walks. I'm recording some content no longer than probably a minute or two and sharing that on LinkedIn with all of us, LinkedIn least, you know, listeners and followers there. So, you know, it's a, it's a, I hate to be like a cop-out answer, but I think that's going to be the biggest challenge. And then of course the financial markets, the stuff is going to, is going to be hammered down. You see companies that go out of business, like the company here, or unfortunately, you know, front desk. And, you know, then you see the public market of Vicasa and Sonder not performing well. I think we're going to have a lot of making, you know, ground making to do in order to gain trust and the investor side of the business. Now, I know a lot of listeners, a lot of guests on the show have never received a dime of outside capital. So this may not apply to you, but I do think validation from the the capital markets is going to be really important. All right. Break number two. Listeners, if you are making it to this point of the episode, congratulations. You made it about halfway through. We're almost done with these Q&As, but I wanted to give another shout out to our partners at Hostfully. If you've listened to the podcast for more than two or three years, pre-COVID even, I will give you a big round of applause because not only have you been a longtime listener, but Hostfully has been a longtime sponsor. And my favorite thing is with them, a new year, new me. No, just kidding. New year, new data and insights. So in the link below, I'm going to give you two things. There's going to be a link for their offer for all the Slick Talk listeners. So you get $100 off their property management software, and then you get two months free of their digital guidebook solution, which is crucial. Whether you have 5, 10, 15, 100, 100, 1,000 properties, you can get with Hostfully and use their property management platform to sustain your business operations. Number two is they do a significant industry data report every year. This was actually the seventh year that they were able to do this. And of course, I was able to put a nice little quote in there for you guys. So when I say new data, new meat, I mean, you need to check out this data report, this industry data driven report and check out what to expect in the realm of technology and operations and of course, market trends from the short-term rental sector. So Super important. There's two links for you in the show notes. As we're diving into this, a lot of it that I'm saying in here is actually very, very true. 
especially in their data that they pulled from so many operators around the world. So thank you to Hostfully. Thank you for putting out great content as well. I love supporting you guys as you supported me. Now, if you made it this far through the episode, give yourself a round of applause along with Hostfully, and we are back to the episode. All right, so now to get into this next question, we have Isabella from Milan. Super excited about this one. And so Isabella said in my message or in her message back to me was, could you dive in to the role of partnerships and collaborations in the hospitality industry? How can strategic alliances with other businesses enhance competitiveness and market reach for hotels and short-term rentals? So I think this is really crucial and something I've talked about on the podcast before with either my business partner, Adam, with our management company, Recreation Vacation Rentals, or with just other people in this kind of sector, but basically going into partnerships. And when I was a hotel front desk agent, one of my kind of notices was that we had a Starbucks in the lobby and we had this and we had that, but none of the businesses that we had internally were local. They were all on a very international scale. So I think this is going to be the next thing on focusing around the five blocks around you. So I know one of our properties in West Seattle, we have a local grocery store, we have a local coffee roaster and a brewery, and these like really easy low hanging fruit options to partner with. Now, ideally, like we partner with the hot tub boat company out in Seattle Lake and like, or the lake around Seattle. And uh, we, we get these other partnerships in, in place, but I think these partnerships are really going to help with the in-stay. Now, there's only so much you can do as an operator and a hotelier that can, you know, drive top line revenue, right? There's only so many dynamic pricing and nightly adjustments that you can do to get that revenue. And so now it's to operate at great scale, great efficiency, you know, financial discipline, but the in-state experience now finding these other pieces of revenue that you can plug into your ecosystem and your, your P&L is going to be so important. And partnerships play a big role. I know we have them with our company. I know many others that do it way better than I do or we do. They've built out a whole ecosystem and basically only supply the local, you know, the actual stay. A great company to look at is Seth and Tori Bolt with Bolt Farm Treehouse, where they talk about this quite often, where, you know, how can we feed the community around us, not just through employing people to work here and, and bring in tourism, but actually using the other local businesses around us that enhance our guest experience. So for me, I think that's super important. I think to answer the question, how can strategic alliances with other businesses enhance competitiveness and market reach? I think it enhance competitiveness because when your competitors see that they don't have what you have and they see their reviews come in and whether a guest has stayed with you and then with them later on in the future and they say, oh, I wish that you guys had this like X, Y, and Z property down the road, then, you know, that, that does raise some flags. And I think, you know, when you're, you're in a market like today, it's going to be so much more important to stand out and not just in design and pictures on your listing and all this other stuff, but like really stand out in your execution and partnerships are great. I wouldn't be where I'm at today without partnerships, not only on the podcast side, but also on our management company. I know plenty of others that do view that the same way. All right, so now we have Olivia, and she says, how important is brand differentiation in crowded hospitality markets? And what innovative strategies can entrepreneurs use to distinguish their hotel or property from competitors? This is a hard one. 
as we just talked about, local partnerships are super crucial. And I think that if you really leverage those partnerships, you can stand out in that local market and especially a competitive landscape and really stick out to the guests. I, I personally think you're going to have to do things that are outside of the box. Earlier in this episode, I previously mentioned other companies that are not inside the hospitality space that have done significant things and looking at their business models and looking at how they market as a way to bring in something unique and different into our space. And I think if you can do that, like HubSpot is a, is a SaaS product. If you don't use HubSpot personally in your own business, I just started implementing it, still figuring out, but I think it's going to save a lot of time and headache and a lot of brain power as I get ready to scale and bring someone in to actually manage this stuff. They don't have to depend on me. They'll be basically a hub or a brain that doesn't have to be dependent on Will Slickers being awake and ready to, to work and answer all these questions. Long story short, if you look at HubSpot and some of the things they've done to really stand out to other products and one of their competitors being Salesforce, you know, they do some big and bold things and granted they are a $27 billion company. So a lot easier to deploy marketing stuff like that when you have a shit ton of money. <laughs> but I think the end of the day, like if you can think of something unique and creative, um, one of the things I think about all the time when I have like podcasters ask me, what can I do to make my podcast better and full-time and blah, blah, blah. I think of my early days, early, early, early days in 2019, working with a company, a brand that you guys all know, I've heard of if you've been listening to the podcast for a long time. But when we first partnered up, the TV show on Netflix called You was really, really popular and pretty much an obsession for some people. Like they would, the season came out and they watched it in a day. And guilty as charged for all of you listening. I'm definitely guilty for that. But instead of like reading an ad read on the pod, I was like, all right, I love you. I'm going to find a way to create like a you styled ad. So basically what I did is I recorded the intro of the first episode on my phone with screen recording. I took that recording, put it in my editing software. I took out the vocals because there was a feature that took out any narration or speaking, kept the background music and all the sound effects applied to it. And then I recorded over as if I was the main character who narrates that episode to give you kind of a, a picture here. And then halfway through, I have a DJ disc sound break and I go into like the actual ad read. It was really different. It was unique. And somehow it's actually able to mimic the narrator. Joe is his name in this TV show. And I was actually able to narrate pretty accurately to his voice and style. So it sounded crazy cool. It was a lot of fun to make. And the team that was sponsoring those episodes actually loved it. And it did really, really well. So when you're looking at your hospitality business, look at things that you can bring in that are trending, that are unique and cool and people will understand and bring it into your business. That's the whole reason why I told that story. So I think if you can look outside of the industry and apply those unique strategies to your business in hospitality, whether you're a hotel or a short-term rental operator, it's going to make your ROI way more than it would be for, you know, pay-per-click advertising or doing a post on Instagram or whatever it may be. I think it's going to be nine day difference. All right. To wrap this episode up, I just want to say thank you guys for making it all the way through. Really proud of you. Um, one thing I'm trying to, to do this year on the pod is to make sure that your listen through rate is incredibly high. So if you can make sure that if you're listening to this podcast, 
listen through as far as possible. You know, it really means a lot. We do have a great listen through right now, but just want to say for anyone who is new to the show and new to listening to me, it's really important. Just these little things matter. It helps, you know, put food on the table and continue to grow the show. So I want to do more of that this year. Last question is, in terms of investment and funding, what advice would you give entrepreneurs looking to attract investors for hotel or short-term rental ventures? Are there specific aspects that investors are particularly interested in within the industry? So to kind of make it a short, simple, and sweet answer, we've been talking about capital, or at least I've been talking about capital on this episode a lot more than most. And I think the investor markets are really hard right now, but I think coming in with a clear vision, a clear differentiator plan, and a clear understanding of the back-end business model. So if you have prior industry experience, I think you already have a huge leg up. And honestly, I would lean into that. Lean into your operation experience if you've ever been on that side of the table. If you are outside of the industry, you better learn really, really quick. You can't just come in and start breaking things like a bowl in a china shop. It's going to not work. I've seen so many people over the last six years of doing the podcast, which is our six-year anniversary in March. I can't believe it. But to say the least, it's like I've seen so many people come into this industry, whether on the hotel side or the short-term rental side, and they think they're going to do all these grand things. They've never had any lick of experience either on the vendor side or the operator side at all. They just come in. It looked like a fun industry to play in and create the startup. And the industry literally spits them out and rejects them within the year. There's no, they, they don't make it that much further. And if they do, it's usually because they've actually truly built a authentic connection with a lot of people. But I doubt that there's a lot of that going to be happening in 2024. So if you have experience, lean into that and build out your numbers. Make sure you're dialed in. Don't, if you're a visionary like me, honestly, do not, I repeat, do not get tunnel vision and think that everything's going to work out the way you imagined it. You're going to have to pivot. You're going to have to change and kind of steer the ship a different direction. I know that's not a direct answer to give you like specific written out details, but it's just something I've seen time and time again. So I hope that makes sense. I really hope that you guys understand that. I'm not trying to like be a Debbie Downer or a vague podcaster where I just give you this fluffy advice or a fluffy answer, but that's really what I think and feel. So to wrap this all up, amazing questions. I want to continue to do this again. So if you guys are interested, there's a connection to our amazing producer who you, you've probably heard on our monthly recaps in the previous months. But outside of that, please reach out, connect, follow with us on YouTube, LinkedIn, Twitter, wherever you get your podcasts. And of course, like always, make sure you like and subscribe, and we'll see you all again next week. Thank you so much for listening, and thank you to our show partners for making Slick Talk, the hospitality podcast, possible. We hope you enjoyed the show, and we would love to connect with you outside of the podcast. So you can follow us on all of our social media channels for daily hospitality content or find us on slicktalkthepodcast.com. And don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe so you never miss an episode. I'm your host, Will Slickers, and we will see you guys all again next week.